We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I would say probably the biggest thing right now that you all have brought up and that I agree with is the tight end target production has been a lot lower than probably we thought going into this point. Um, I also would... Probably you guys would agree with me that you know that I love tight ends, and so it's uh, it's something that uh, we're going to try to make sure that we help out and stuff. But there's going to be times again. I'll go back to it. Last week we ran the football, and our tight ends were were able to be a huge part of that. And so sometimes it doesn't reflect in the stat book, but um, we're always trying to do everything we can to do whatever is best for this offense. Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about the lack of tight end use, which is absolutely real. I think three targets last week for Cole Komet. Not even sure if Jimmy Graham showed up on the stat sheet. A win, nonetheless, using that formula where everybody gets a chance to block. Come on in, Jesse James. Come on in, Jimmy Graham. Alex Bars, come on in. We're going to need you to block as well. As we welcome back into Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum and Grody. We have we have lost Rosenblum again. We are standing by in an attempt to get him back. In the meantime, let's keep the Bears talk hot. Bears and Raiders tomorrow at 3 o'clock from Vegas. Cam Ellis joining us now here on the Score Hotline. He of Odyssey, a guy who is a regular out at Hallis Hall. Cam, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am well. And, you know, the more I think about it and listening to Matt Nagy coming in, discussing his want to get more from the tight ends, but also in the latter portion of that quote, explaining the need for those guys to block. I'd like to see Justin Fields get to know Cole Komet better, too. But I bet you I bet you they're going to play this game a little bit similarly to the way they played to the way they played it against Detroit, as in as many blockers as possible and hope that Damian Williams can do to some degree like David Montgomery. Do you agree with that, or do you think they will try to open up the passing game a little bit? No, I think you're right. Um, I, you know, I think it's funny that people are talking about the, the tight ends being like, well, like they'll need to block. Like, what else have the tight ends done this year? Like, that is like kind of like the only thing the tight ends have actually you can point at and say, hey, they've kind of done a good job at this. Um, no, I think that you're right. I, I you know, Jesse James and JB Holtz both being out at, right. at first glance, you're like, oh man, that that is not a great start. But I think that 
that basically means Cole Komet, you know, is going to be an offensive lineman tomorrow on Sunday. Um, it, you know, it, it worked against the Lions. Granted, it, it's a little different when it's Max Crosby and, you know, Yannick Ngakwe versus the Lions. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't really see a lot of uh, – I would be surprised if they really open it up and Cole Komet, you know, has seven receptions for 80 yards or whatever. Uh, I, I see a lot of heavy sets. I see a lot of chip help. Um, I, I think that is – when they talk about how – the Bears figured out some protection scheme things. You know, there was, Matt Nagy talked about that all week, I feel like. I think that means that you're going to have Cole Komet be the sixth guy on the line for most of the day. Yeah, I, I agree. We're on the same page there for sure. We, we saw last week, too, the connection between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney. And no doubt, John Gruden had to have seen that as well. And usually the guy that teams want to take away is Allen Robinson. But Robinson was, quote-unquote, reduced to essentially being a blocker this last week. Do you think that they are going to have to now, based on what is on tape with Darnell Mooney and their want to make the explosive plays, that you we're going to see more or we have to see more from Allen Robinson or just anybody else catching the football other than Darnell Mooney, as good <laughs> as that was last week? Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that Allen Robinson, one, first and foremost, is far too, you know, talented to continue putting up these types of games. But you're, you're right. I, the, the, at some point, he needs to become a more focal point of the offense. Um, you know, and it's funny, people were talking about the Mooney throws. I'd argue that the Allen Robinson throw, like in terms of from the ball snap to the catch, was the most impressive play of the game for the Bears. Like that it was one of those plays where in, in in real time, I was like, at least like, oh, that's a nice play. And then you go back and rewatch it. And you're like, whoa, like that is a really, really great play all the way around. Um, I, you know, I think that I, I imagine that Allen Robinson is going to be more involved tomorrow just because that is sort of what the Raiders, you know, they're not going to give the Bears out a huge Allen Robinson day, but that feels like more realistic than you know, four, three or four deep shots to Mooney again. The, the Raiders are going to be down some corners, which will, which always helps. Um, and I think that they want to get Robinson more involved on a possession level. If you're not going to do it with the tight ends in the middle of the field, you know, in the, in the intermediate level, second, first, second level, I think that's where Allen Robinson's going to need to go because it, that, that seems to be the part of the Bears' offense that has been sort of lagging behind. So ironically enough, you know, I feel like no, the last three years, all we've, all we've seen is intermediate throws, um, and, and now those are sort of fewer and far between in terms of the offense. So, yeah, I expect a bigger day from him. And if, if it's not a bigger day, I think it starts to be a little bit concerning. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I talked to Allen Robinson this week, and he 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 is unflappable when it comes to being yeah. all about the team. But you're right, man. Eventually, a guy who is probably in his final year with the Bears staring at free mm-hmm. agency, eventually he's going to want to get his. I don't know, Cam, if he's going to voice that, but I think that you will feel that from him. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Ex- I think as far as him talking about the futures contracts, that's not really his mo. Um, he 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 sort of has always, you know, there was there was clearly some moments of frustration this summer and last spring when things weren't going to plan. But I don't expect it to be a distraction. That, that's not something that Alan Robinson does. And if he leaves, I think it'll also be very quietly and gracefully. I will. Um, so I can't imagine that. 
of all the things that could be an issue this year in terms of getting into the locker room and sort of tearing it apart, the last thing I would expect would it to be Alabama. Hey, and one more thing on that, and before we bring back yeah. in Steve Rosenblum, we're talking to Cam Ellis from from Odyssey here about the Bears in, in Vegas here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. Do you think that they are designing more plays for Darnell Mooney because they have to get ready for the inevitable loss of Al Robinson? Or do you just think that this is who he's Justin Fields has been comfortable with so far? I think it's probably mostly the latter. I, uh, I, I always got a sense that Fields and Mooney had a pretty good connection early on. Even in camp, I feel like it was maybe a little bit ahead of the um, Fields-Bobinson connection. Uh, you know, I think if there's if there's any sort of catches or share of the offense or balls being moved from Robinson's game plan to Mooney's, it's it's a little bit to do with that. You know, they want to get Mooney more involved as, as a focal point in the offense, but I don't necessarily – I wouldn't believe it if someone said, you know, that they're specifically moving plays that would go to 12 last year to 11 this year. I don't necessarily buy into that. I think it's probably just – Fields going with his more comfortable, um, you know, his more comfortable dynamics early on in his career, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe he's not quite there with A. Rob the same way he is with Mooney yet, and that causes him to maybe look at Mooney a little bit longer or prioritize Mooney's size of field or whatever it is. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's future planning. I think it's more just what is comfortable in the present, if that makes sense. Jo- joining us now on the score hotline is Steve Rosenblum. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve. Somebody who's inevitable. Hey, yeah. hey, Cam, how you doing? All right, so the Raiders give up a lot of yards on the ground, and it seems yeah. the best. That's, that's Justin Fields' best friend, and he could run himself as well. And, and I don't know... I don't know what they're going to do. We don't know what they're going to do. And and Matt Nagy's secret contribution to the game plan. But Bill Lazor seems like a guy who's got a far better handle of what of the game in front of him and the player in front of him. So what do you expect as far as fields running and just the running game in general? I expect them to try it pretty quickly off the bat. You know, I think Damian Williams – he looked pretty good against the Lions, and granted, you know, it's the Lions as always, and it was sort of not necessarily, you know, the game wasn't over yet, but the Bears had a pretty good control of things, so it's easier to look good in those situations, but I thought he looked pretty good. Um, I expect Fields to be under center a lot. I expect a lot of play action. Um, the, the Raiders' defense has not been good against play action this year, so I imagine between having fields comfortable under center, being able to run the ball, and then, you know, working play action, whether that's, you know, pure traditional play action or if you're moving them outside, whether that's boots or whether that's naked rollouts, whatever it is, I expect a lot of, of, of footwork and I expect a lot of traffic under center because I think that's where fields thrives right now. I think that's what Bill Lazor is comfortable calling with fields right now, and I think that's what the offense looks best doing. Um, I, you know, with both protection-wise – Scheme-wise, I think that is going to be the game plan, not only just because the Raiders don't necessarily play that type of offense very well or haven't so far, but because that is exactly the sort of style that the Bears feel comfortable calling with fields right now. All right, Bears' defense against the Raiders' offense, and I'll I'll zero in on Derek Carr. Other Mm -hmm. than watching the, the tape 
from the Monday night game against the Chargers. What is the Bears' best way to slow down Derek Carr? Do they have a chance to do that? There's always a chance, right? Like, there, there's always a chance. Um, I, I think it involves getting there as quick as they can. And, and it's simple. It's, you know, it's, it sounds easy to say, oh, sack the quarterback. But the Raiders push the ball downfield, and they move the ball through the air, and they really take shots. And their offense is sort of set up in a way that is not great news for the Bears' secondary. I think they're really going to take some shots. So if it's Robert Quinn, if it's, you know, Roquan Smith, if it's Khalil Mack, or whoever it is, Getting there, putting pressure on him, getting Derek Carr uncomfortable first and foremost is going to be key because if you give him time to sit back there and just wait for Ruggs to go deeper, whoever it is, I think the Bears are going to get hurt because that is not what the Bears' defense has really been good at this year. Um, so I, I think it's basically constant pressure and keeping his keeping his foot, keeping Carr's footwork uncomfortable and keeping him sort of see and ghost if that makes sense. Our guest is Cam Ellis. He covers the Bears for Odyssey. You can read him on the Score's website, 670thescore.com. We're talking Bears football, Bears and Raiders. And with a new starting quarterback, sort of the old starting quarterback, whatever, going forward in the offensive line, where do you think they are on the silent count? Where do you, how, how difficult will that be or how easy will that be for them to pull it off in what figures to be a lot of joint tomorrow? Uh, I... I don't have a lot of hope for that, and only because the Bears, whatever this offense is doing, I mean, it's, this is like a year-over-year habit at this point, but there's something about this offense that makes people jump off sides, and it continues <laughs> regardless of how good they're playing or who's under center or who's calling plays. It has always just sort of felt like this offense draws guys off sides, but like not the right, like it's, it's very confusing how often people jump off sides. So I expect one or two just because I feel like that is sort of what you have to expect with this Bears team. Um, and I hear that Las Vegas is pretty loud. So I don't, I think they'll be able to implement it because, you know, they're professionals and they've all worked with silent counts before. But yeah, no, I expect like one or two off sides because. You know, it, it, it wouldn't be a Bears offense. It wouldn't be a Matt Nagy offense if someone didn't jump off sides coming out of a timeout at some point in the game. Who's your pick to click? I've got Jermaine Effetti off sides uh, in the second quarter on the third <laughs> yeah. series. False start. False yeah. start of Fetty. I, I have Jermaine Effetti jumping off sides and then letting Max Crosby run by him to get the Justin Fields <laughs> for my pick. Okay. All right. Put him enough. out for the season. Yeah, don't forget yeah, the putting them out for the season part. Yeah, but they, you know what? If they if they if they can get if the if the Bears defense can let's talk about the defense because if they can hit Derek Carr, that's said to be his. I mean, they, Bosa came out of that game saying, "Boy, if you hit him, he's going to get nervous. He's going to get he's going to you make him change his game," and you then have to say, "Well, without Akeem Hicks." How mm-hmm. is Robert Quinn going to play like Robert Quinn has been playing now that Eddie Goldman's back? So most of the parts are there. Do you see them blitzing more? Do they do everything they can to hit Derek Carr early, knowing it has uh, exponential effects later on? Yeah, I do. I, I think you're going to see, and maybe if it's not in necessarily in volume, I, I think you're going to see some creative blitzes. You know, I think Sean Desai's done a really good job of. We've seen some really unique fronts, whether that is 
you know, Dion Bush and Cleo Mack stunting, whether that's Mack and Quinn on the same side of the line, whether that's, you know, Mack and Roquan Smith lined up on top of one another. Like, there have been some fun, different sort of wrinkles to this front that they haven't seen in the past. And I imagine them are going to, I imagine they're going to try and do that. You know, the, the, the Raiders' offensive line is not great. Their left tackle, Colton Miller, has been pretty good. But otherwise, you know, they literally moved their right tackle to guard this week because he was doing so poorly as a rookie. Um, so th- there are going to be opportunities there. I-, I think we're going to see some creative stuff very early on because you're right. If, if, they can get, if they can hit him and not even necessarily sack him, but if they can really rough him up in the first quarter, quarter and a half, I, I think the Bears are going to have a better – an easier time staying in the game and, and, and limiting the ability for the Raiders to really take their shots because it does seem like that is how you get to Derek Carr. And so I think if you let him get in the rhythm, that's where things get out of control. You got a pick for this game, Cam? And, of course, we need the whys. The whys. Yeah. I, 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 we're always trying to find the whys. Um, I think the Bears are going to pull off an upset. I, I think the Raiders are oh. kind of overrated. Um, you know, they can score some points, but I, I think the Bears' defense is pretty good. They have a good pass rush, which is going to be crucial against the Raiders. I, I think it's going to be kind of an ugly game, but I, I, of all the tough games that the Bears have to play this year, I think this is the easiest of the quote-unquote tough games. So uh, let's, I'll say Bears 24, Raiders 20. How about that? Okay, we'll mark it like, down. Yep. Yep, yeah, yep. we'll all mark it down, and we'll just see how inaccurate you are. Go Bears! Uh, I'm, I'm ready to be very wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. We uh, thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us today, Cam. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye, Cam. All right. You with us so, now, Steve? Are you going to leave us again, or what's what's I, what the hell's going on over there? To the technology jobs. We had the Trash Panda had. Uh, we started switching things on the phone and. I just, I should just show up. That's it. I mean, it, it, it was useful before, but this is yeah. aggravating. Although this show's better without me, but, but then when I come on, no, it just gives no. me new meaning to Saturday suckage. Steve, By you way, and I are always Saturday better together. Oh my yeah. God, this sucks. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. And the end of suckage, which uh, Spokus, our, um, our operations director, um, was tweeting out he can't wait for the end of this because this spectacular broadcasting event happens after us. Vegas, baby, Vegas! The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Extra innings, bonus panels, free radio from 2 to 5 from the Circus Swim at the Circa Las Vegas Resort. A Bears Raiders preview from downtown Las Vegas. Three bonus hours of the Parkins Spiegel Show and poolside with mm. massive, massive screens. Imagine a drive-in movie, but they've just sports screens sitting around the pool. Pictures of the Circa Resort are truly spectacular. That will follow us. But that's and the not best the part of spectac- that yeah. might be we're doing transition with them boys at one. Are we? I didn't know that was... I didn't know that was for sure. I didn't. Oh, know I, it was in the rundown. It's, it's, wake no, up notice it. Time. Notice it's got a question mark by it. It says probably. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, so why I'm they don't still, want to do I'm it? St- well, no, I'm still waiting for Shane to text me back. I don't know. I don't know what the the delay is. I, something. It must have been out late in Vegas. Or something. The, I don't know. The delay is Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the delay. I, maybe he's just not awake yet. I don't know. I probably would have just not been sleeping the whole trip. So it's you know good for him for actually getting some shut eye. 
Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he Is it two hours earlier knows. there? What's the time zone thing? It's, they're two hours earlier. So okay. I, I made the mistake. When did I text him? Hold on. Let's, let me... I mean, that's time? just irresponsible if he's yeah. not texting you back. That's uh, so I texted him at nine fifty-five Central. So that's only what would that have been? Eight o'clock, almost eight o'clock Vegas time. So I can't can't blame him for not being negligent. No, no, don't don't give him a pass here, studs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, right, negligence. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's negligence. Right. We should know. You know. And there is another spectacular broadcast note I can bring to you tomorrow. The score will bring you live coverage of the Bank of America Chicago Marathon. Beginning nice. at 7 a.m. I was today years old when I learned that Trash Panda train, trained for and ran in these things. I don't know how yeah, you know he did. that. I ran, yeah, he it, did. Yeah. Are, are you going to be one of the reporters for it tomorrow? No, I'm working Trash? the board. Uh, I'll, be, okay. I'll be sitting here. Cool. It's actually a really damn good broadcast. I I have no interest whatsoever in marathons or like the people who. But act, the broadcast is one of those things with Josh Liss and all the correspondents. It's an excellent, interesting, fascinating broadcast, and you get to hear all about Chicago and the neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you should if you've never listened to one of those broadcasts, check it out. You might like it. Bears. It has won awards. The uh, the marathon coverage. It is award winning. I bet. Right. No, so, it's, I, I have so no idea, you, but I think it's award-winning, personally. Yeah. How how many trash pandas? So how many did you run in, and what was the training like? I did. And why did you do it? I did. Yeah. Why why did I do it? That's <laughs> that's, that's the real question. Tell me. I I did three marathons, and so the first one I did was actually out near Schaumburg, and the the second two I did were both Chicago marathons. So I, I ran Chicago in 2015 and 2017. 2017 was my last marathon. I retired on the spot after I, after I finished. It was so, cause I knew I was done. I remember done. all the media coverage of that, that you're announcing. Oh yeah, it was a big, it was right a big, it was spot. a big media event. Yeah, I had to call a press conference. Like, I'm retiring for marathon <laughs> running. And it's, it was, yeah. it was, uh, well, so honestly, like the, the, why did I do it? It's, it's, it's a long story how I kind of worked myself into thinking that I could actually run a marathon and then actually following through with it. But, that's really well, that's not the a good important thing. Part. That's having having a goal and completing it. That's significant. Yeah. So I mean, like, I just kind of one day when I was as I was younger, I was what twenty two, twenty three, starting to find myself in in better shape than I'd ever been in my life. And I remember I went out and did this like seven mile run, and it was just I felt great the whole time, and like I could have just kept going. And I was like, ah, hey, you know what? Maybe I can do a marathon. Yeah. And so I I ran that first one, and I was definitely. A little in over my head and I didn't do as well nearly as well as I wanted to I had and I cramped really bad too at like mile like 19 so I had to walk a lot of the last six miles which sucked and so f I finished but it was it was not like it still kind of left me with this feeling of like I can do better like I got to do another one and so I, I started training the next year for the Chicago Marathon and it turns out that I got hurt about a month and a half before the race. So I had to drop out. And the way with Chicago, you can defer your enrollment to the next year. Okay. So, so that's what I did. So you get a guarantee. You're not, if you do the lottery entry, which is what I've always done, you, you can defer your enrollment to the next year for any reason up to a certain point before race day. And so that's what I did because I got hurt. 
and like my foot just like almost exploded on me. I swear, I had like tendonitis or something. Like I could barely run for two weeks. And so I deferred my enrollment to the next year, 2015, ran it, did a lot better. I think my time that time was like 4.41, which was roughly half an hour better than I'd done the previous race, the previous marathon that I'd done. And then I fast forward again to the next year. I was signed up for, oh, oh, and here's the kicker about deferring your your enrollment. You do have to pay again for the next year. So by deferring, if you don't run it the next year, then you're like $300 deep. And oh, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's everything's not a business. Yeah, it's, it's all not, a business. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. Uh, if you, well, that'll if, give you yeah. motivation to <clears throat> to run faster. Well, there's yeah, your anger. There's yeah. Your, oh, oh, yeah. So like propellant. going going into the 2015 race, it was like I'm running this thing come hell or high water because now I'm over $300 yeah. into this thing. And <laughs> if I don't run, it's all been a waste. So anyway. 2016 comes along. I am signed up for it. I start training and I had a lot of stupid things going on in my, in my personal life that kind of distracted my mind. And I just kind of decided I wasn't in the right state to run a marathon because the training is super grueling and you need to be just kind of all in mentally and physically. And I wasn't. So I dropped out. Okay. So hold on. So how long, how long is it? How many, how many months and what does it consist of? Oh, the training is weekly to, yeah. The one I did is like four, four and a half months. I think, I think I, I always started like the second week in June, I think. And then it, you know, so then it goes all the way up until where are we mid October. So what is that? Four, four months ish. So what does it involve on the first day on the second day? It depends. Second week. It depends on what the, uh, what program you pick most programs are based on like four five to six days of working out so you'll have two shorter runs a medium run or two medium runs excuse me and a long run every week that this is the program i did and i think it's called like the hal higdon method of training it's uh, and how so how is who? a medium run how, how higdon is a medium oh, so, Hal Higdon, something like that. I can't remember the exact name of the guy, but it's so the so it that again that the medium run and and the long runs. It all depends on where like what level of difficulty you pick for your training. So for instance, bringing this back around to now, I dropped out of the 2016 race and entered in 2017 and ramped up all my training because I wanted to do even better than I'd done in 2015. And so the training program I picked for my last one was pretty intensive. And that was because I, you know, I was in pretty good shape, and I knew I could handle it. It wasn't wouldn't be something I would recommend for a first time runner, first time marathon runner. So like my first week was something like, I think two three mile runs, maybe a six mile run, and a ten mile run, which is the programs I'd done previously. You didn't hit a ten mile run until a couple weeks in. And then, so all that starts building up. So my most intense week of training, I think I had to do this three different times would be, let me see if I can remember this now. I think it was two eight-mile runs, two 10-mile runs, and a 20-mile run. And the real kicker is you're doing your second 10-mile run the day before you run 20 miles. So the whole basis of this program is when you're running that 20-mile run, you're freaking exhausted because you've already run like 30 miles that week, including 10 miles the day before. But that really puts your body into high gear because now you're running running these 20 mile runs exhausted gets you ready to run 26 miles 
26.2 miles. Don't forget the point two because the point two is the hardest part of the race. I'm oh, not I joking. Bet, I bet. No, I'm not I, joking. I bet. It's seriously the hardest part of the entire race. And so it, it, now that you've done all this training, especially your 20 mile runs, when you're exhausted, that is training. Now, now your body is ready to run 26 miles fresh because you ramped down your training the last two weeks before the race. You, I think the longest run I had the week leading up to the race was like five miles, which for at that point in training is just nothing. Like it's a total breeze. And and now you plus you have all this pent up energy because you're used to exp, exp, ex, like exerting all this energy throughout the week. And now it's all just being stored up because you're getting ready for the race. And then on race day, you feel like you're being shot out of a cannon. So you have to really like, kind of mentally think like, you know, don't don't go pumping out seven minute miles right now because you're going to die if you do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the, the uh, how long did I just spend talking about this? Like seven minutes? I mean, I could go on and on about this. But <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so it's yeah, I, I used inclines. I when I trained, I used the, I used inclines. So I would go up a lot of escalators. And that's how <laughs> that's how I trained. Uh, yeah. Steve's yeah. got marathon material. That's hey, hey, man, it's it's. I mean, and crazy. then the reason it's stupid. The the reason yeah, it I doesn't, stopped it running, doesn't uh, it's, it it actually doesn't seem healthy at all. It's no, it's not. It's not good for your body. Like it's not. It's so. I know. It's, I mean, I knew the reason I stopped doing this was because I I kind of had an epiphany. I don't know, somewhere between miles like 22 and 24 of the last race I ran in 2017. And I kind of just realized, I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Like, this sucks. And I was like, I had enough. Like, I knew I had enough. And it wasn't getting you chicks either. Because where you're not around. <laughs> I guess. That. Well, that's another thing. Yeah, you spend so much time running. Like, it, it takes up your entire yeah. summer. So right. it would be one thing I would probably run more if you didn't have to spend four months getting ready for it. But it really takes, I mean, running 20 miles takes like three hours. So you have to find time on a Friday or Saturday in your life. I mean, so like, say I have to work at noon on Saturday. That means I have to be running by like seven in the morning to be able to get done and get ready for work in time, which means I really have to wake up at like five in the morning to eat so it just it sucks up your entire life. And so that's, uh, that's one of the things that led me to be like, yeah, I'm done with this. Plus, again, I, like mile 24, the last one, I was like, I have enough mental and physical wherewithal to get to the end of this race, and I cannot do this ever again. I feel I like you, you really needed to get all of this off of your chest. Like, I feel like this was yes, an important did. eight minutes for you, studs. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. Hey, You're it, right, Mark. You're yeah. right. It was yeah. very, I, I do. I, was it therapeutic? Oh, I do like talking about this. So, yeah. We noticed. Good. We noticed. Good. The, the I mean, life, I, that was good. like the life of, uh, the lifespan of a marathon runner who is not uh, from Kenya. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, my last my last marathon, I took twenty one more minutes off my time. So that was that, good. That, was, I, that felt good. Good, very good, trash. Oh, thank very you. Good four twenty one yeah. marathon time. No big deal. <laughs> that's that's pretty. And and I'm like, oh, I went at seven point oh on the treadmill for thirty five minutes today. <laughs> hey, that's good, so, man. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good, actually. Thank you. Yeah, that's very good. Nice. See, like again, marathons are crazy. They're stupid. Like. You have to be a little bit psychotic to run them. And we're late for a break, yes. guys. Yep. Yeah, how did we get late for a break? 
Yeah, that's my fault. We don't have a guest. It's okay. It's okay. It was worthwhile. You on it was worthwhile discussion. Yeah, it was. Hey, man. I'm all for it. I yeah, just get fun. lecture yourself. Give yourself a tisk tisk. Yeah, all right, we'll come back guess. with stuff. All right. Keep Mark Grody, Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage, and Marathon Talk fits right into that. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I love you guys on Saturday morning, by the way. I mean, you're an outstanding individual. All righty then. Big if true. 414 texter. The marathon talk is maybe the least sucky thing ever on Saturday suckage. Wow. Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody with you. Saturday suckage broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. And there were people who really thought it was interesting that Trash Panda was talking about training for a marathon. And that's it for the next ever. Yeah, he retired from yeah. marathon running. And I, I would, if I was like a marathon runner advisor, that would be the first thing that I would say to everybody as they came into my office. You know what? I think it's time for you to stop running. <laughs> what is it? 26 <laughs> miles. Advisor. Yeah. Here's my advice to you. Stop doing it unless you can win money. Um, you know, and so, so the professional runners, I'm down with it. But have you ever seen a healthy looking marathon runner? I haven't. No, the guy who set the marathon standard like died at 43. So running just gets you right. Jim Fix, yeah. Dr. Jim Fix, right? It's just like wow. I just stick with the, I with don't the want K that. runs. Yeah, just do K runs. The five yeah, Ks, the, the three K. The see, then there's the people that run like ultra marathons, so like fifty plus miles, which is just like 
I, those people, oh those people are certifiably insane. Because like, yes, I can personally, as, oh, as we've been discussing, like, point two is yeah, right. Yeah. My right. friend, so to determine this. you're pathological, so just cut it out. <laughs> I have a friend who is actually, she works for, she's a reporter for Channel 5, Jen DeSalvo. She's cray-cray. She, like, does, like, those 50-mile runs and, like, at, like everything, all of her posts. And uh, you can check her out. Um, what does she go? I think she's Traffic Jam Jen, I want to say. Oh, yeah. That's what she goes by. Yeah. She's, all, she's one of my best friends. But I, I think she's a little crazy, like, going no, 50 miles and, yeah. Completely, completely insane. Like, like yeah. the idea of taking one more step after you cross the finish of a marathon is, like, you don't want to think about taking another step. Like, literally, you want, <laughs> you want to fall over and die. And, like, I could barely breathe at the end of my last one. Like, I was dead. And, like, the idea of, like, okay, go run this again, like, no, absolutely not. No way. Nope. Okay, so 224 Texture says hopefully he retires from talking about marathon running. And 815 Texture, I ran the 2008 Chicago Marathon in under four hours. Most painful experience ever. Yeah, under, under four, four is really impressive. Good, right? Yeah, that under yeah. four is really good. So yeah. that's were that's you one impressive. of the guys when you were training? Did you were you one of those people who was keeping time at stoplights when you had a red light? Were you one of those people? Those I don't usually keep or... time. Like I just keep a loose. No, but I. Oh, oh, you mean like? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're at a stoplight. I don't know what your path was or what your route was. So sometimes if you're on streets, you've got to obey. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I hate those. Red, yeah, you know? those. I would just if I hit a red light, I would just kind of jog in place and look annoyed. But <laughs> I love, I love the jo the jog in place runners around the city. Yeah. They're hilarious. Well, like just gotta, yeah. just the casual runners, even like. Yeah. And there's a lot of jaywalking runners too. Like they ain't trying to stop at that red light. It's well because it what it does is it kills your um. It, it, your, your heartbeat. Yeah, it kills your heartbeat. Your heartbeat. Right? Yeah. yeah, so I yeah. I try to keep in motion a little bit to keep my heart rate up. Because, I understand. Yeah, and, and then like, make sure your breathing is still at the right place too. Because like, there's a rhythm that I try to get into with my breathing. But when I going back to kind of answer what you were asking, like where I would run for those really long runs, I would usually get to the lakefront and just run on that because you can run on that thing forever without hitting any, any kind of light. Although recommended, highly recommend, do not run on the lakefront lakefront the day of the Air and Water Show because there's a lot of people on the lakefront that right. day. And, right. I was, and they don't I, it, it, it was my first time living in the city that year, and I didn't know that, and uh, yeah, it was miserable. And there's no sense of so, etiquette with people who walk in the city of Chicago because most of them aren't from the city of Chicago on those types of days. Exactly. So what was – tomorrow might be pushing 80, but cloudy. What's that going to do to – what will that do to runners? What will that do to times? And it won't suck. Will that be very it, much more difficult than we think? Yeah, so 80 degrees is – you know, you're walking around the city. It feels pretty comfortable, but when you're running 26 miles, it gets – pretty hot pretty quick so like those elite runners they won't have a problem with it like it's doubtful that we'll see so like the last time they did this in 2019 the 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 woman whose name i'm blanking on that won the race was uh she said um, she said the world record or she said a course record or a world record i think it was a world record okay and yeah so, i like, know, we're I'll not know gonna, the name I, too yeah, yeah i i doubt we see that tomorrow 
just because like, I don't think that those elite runners are going to overly push themselves and try to break records. But like the casual runners, I think it'll like the people like me, it'll affect them a little bit more because you, it's just even 80 degrees. Like I think I would deal with it just fine, but you got to make sure to drink a little extra water. And I know they're going to have extra water on the course and all that. But like, I mean, what, what really would get me if it got over 90 and you're running 12 plus miles, like there was one time it was like 100 degrees out and I ran 12 miles and almost passed out. So like that's when it really gets you. But yeah, I know yeah. Like 80 degrees shouldn't cause a ton of problems, but it's, you know, you just got to be a little more aware of how much water you're drinking. texture says more diarrhea problems. That could be it. Too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is it is the lady that one? Is it Bridge? Is it Bridget Koske? Koske? Is that it from Kenya? Bridget sounds right. Yeah, that yeah, name Bridget sounds Koske. familiar. Yeah, you think I, 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 oh, I wish and, I wasn't blanking yeah. on it because I worked the show. I worked the show that year, so I'm trying. I just okay, you know, I figured, it's been two yeah. years. Yeah. Who's our who's our reporters for this? I was like hearing the reporters around town from the score. Who's who's doing it? Do you so know, I don't think we're this year. I don't think we're placing reporters around town, but we are going to have like oh. our own. Sean Anderson's going to be in the lead vehicle, and then we have people. In oh, the, nice. Yeah, and then we're going to have people in the the lead men and lead women vehicles. So, but we're Very not going to cool. have like in years past, yeah, where we've had you know people just kind of stationed around the city. Yeah, I don't think we're doing here's that. Here's so year. and so in Roscoe year. Village. Here's so and so in Lincoln Park. Right. All yeah. That kind of so stuff. I I think we're just kind of trying to keep, is you know, I it really I think the, the marathon is trying to keep as little, people involved as they possibly can. So like I, we're running, we're not going to have people stationed throughout the city. Gotcha. Two two four texture said. The, I'm surprised Trash Panda didn't get Haley Williams from Paramore on the show to tell her about his marathon training. And maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. she would be. Hey, maybe I did. I maybe. funny hey. story. The day yeah. I met Haley Williams, which I talked about on this show before, the day I met her, uh-huh, I think I ran yeah. 20 miles that morning. So I didn't tell her that I did, which I maybe I should have. Maybe she would have been impressed. Right. You missed it, but you forget what you're. Okay. Nicely done. All right. So that's it. Anyway, we got all of the marathon talk out, all of the marathon texts. So we'll do that. Can we break away from breaking? By the way, the marathon, the Bank of America, Chicago Marathon tomorrow on the score, seven o'clock, seven a.m. We will be here for you. So we will. We've discussed that. We've promoted that. Mark, I have a Bears question for you regarding the quarterback. So we'll take a mm. break and we come back and I'll ask my question and you give me your take on it and your the context in which it which it played out. How's that? You are just delightful. That sounds great. No, I. We'll get through it. We'll we'll get to we'll get to Mitch Rosen. We'll get to Spokus's desired part of the show, which is the end. Steve Rosen, Lou Mark Rody. 469 texter lets us know he's too high or she is too high to care about this. It's good. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Club. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Told you the last couple of weeks we've had some some good conversations internally. Um, it's, it's helped us in the last couple of weeks. Continuing that process this week, it's, uh, it's, it's led to making a decision to move with Justin as a starter. Um, you know, we've been patient with this. Uh, we've grown with him. We're proud of Justin. Uh, he's been a great teammate from the very beginning. Matt Nagy making the announcement after waiting for Andy Dalton's knee, saying Andy Dalton's knee is healthy enough, but so what? Whatever I told you before, 
is a lie or wrong or whatever. It doesn't. <clears throat> Justin Fields, your quarterback going forward, and there you go. So whether Matt Nagy got neutered or not, or whatever the dynamics were, Mark, what do you see by by making this official? What changes, or what does this do for the quarterback, the team, the current head coach, the play caller? What is the effect of having having made this official? I think that one of the effects is more job security for Matt Nagy than people think, because I think part of the conversation, yeah, I, I think part of the conversation had to have been with Matt Nagy to have made the to have said over and over and over that if Andy Dalton is healthy, he's our quarterback, and then all of a sudden they say Justin Fields is the guy without a really good explanation as to why he wavered off of that other than all of these sort of things that we can't really account for, like how good he's been in practice. And th- like nobody's really had concrete answers on what did Justin Fields suddenly do that he's the starting quarterback in your eyes, although most people thought. So my philosophy is that there had to have been a conversation with bosses, with, with the people that work for Matt Nagy and everybody, and there, and one of them had to have been, look, man, we, we our season now needs to be about developing Justin Fields. As long as Justin Fields is developing in the right direction under your leadership, it's all good. And we're not as worried about wins as we are about developing a franchise quarterback. So I think that's one of the, the number one things. I think on the field, you're, you're going to see the good and the bad, man. You're going to see more plays like the 64-yarder to Darnell Mooney or that pinpoint pass to Allen Robinson that Cam Ellis was raving about earlier. And then you're also going to see more mistakes made. You're still going to see a guy who takes too long to get rid of the football. You're going to see a guy probably eventually throw some interceptions and just have some bad moments. But the, but the wow moments, I think, are going to override the bad moments. It's interesting. So you think, do you think it was the case that Nagy didn't think he could afford to play a rookie because his job was hanging on it, and he took the he played it safe, as safe as could be, with a guy like Andy Dalton and clinging to his system because... Because the way he handled the, we're not giving him, you know, we're not telling you who's calling plays and and the defensiveness about it. We all contributed. I contributed. I did this. I did. It sounded so infantile, actually, the way he sounded. And then, well, we're waiting on Andy's knee, and and if he's if his knee is good, he's going to start. Do you think it was a matter of the? They finally said. Okay, you're good next year. We just need to play this guy. I, I think that there, that happened. I, I this is my opinion, but yeah. I I also don't think I also think that the bigger part of why Matt Nagy was playing Andy Dalton still is is a couple of things. And number one, it still is the old Patrick Mahomes game plan and what he saw and what he knows. We all teach and say based on our own experiences and yeah. Matt Nagy's experience was a terrific one in Kansas City where you had Alex Smith doing terrific things still and a developing quarterback. So he saw all that. We know how much he reveres Andy Reid. So it was more that than I think him watching out for his own job and his own backside. I think some of that is there, but that's definitely overplayed. Like I don't think Matt Nagy has the overriding part has been I got to protect myself. I think it's what he saw and what he knows, but I do think 
that an organizational decision was made. And I think in part of that, you have to change your goals. If you're going to put a rookie quarterback in, you're going to have to take the bad. And there probably are going to be games that you're going to lose because you have a rookie quarterback in and not the safe game manager in Andy Dalton. So there has to be some kind of vote of confidence, I believe, from the bosses of Matt Nagy to have, to have enabled this move. All right. We'll discuss more of that in the next hour. I, I suspect that when we do what Mark heard at the top of the after this break at the top of the next hour, I suspect this discussion will come up again. Am I right? Am I? Is this a good guess on my part? It, it will. You will hear from the likes mm-hmm. of Bill Lazor. You will hear from the like. Khalil Mack was really good yesterday. We don't ooh, talk to ooh. him often, and sometimes when he talks, no. he doesn't really want to play. Yesterday he was playing, and it was really good stuff from Khalil Mack. So that just a couple of things on what Mark heard that I think. And this may be beyond near award-winning. This may be the award-winning segment. All righty then. Wow, that's, that's yeah. high praise for Here's our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. And this text, all the marathon talk has made me go get a bag of Cheetos and two cartons of ice cream and then throw on some Breaking Bad. I love it. There you go. That's, Perfect, because I just started watching Breaking Bad again. I am in again. the first season for the, for the fifth time. weed every day. <laughs> Jesse, let's uh, cook. Right. Jesse! Yo, Mr. White, what are you doing? <laughs> What Mark heard is next. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.